Derek is the new superintendent in a large unified school district. He wanted to hold the district accountable to the same standards they hold students to, to level up and surpass expectations. So he earned a doctoral degree in education online at Grand Canyon University. Now he's taking charge and making measured improvements. What do you think preparing students for success looks like? GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. What's up, everybody? This is Scott Yeager here for a special edition of Challenge Mania, not your average episode of Challenge Mania. A little bit of a twist of events here. We're going to be joined by a cast member from Survivor. But before we get to our man, Davey Rickenbacker, he didn't come for me. He came for D. So on the line right now, I think he probably has watched the least amount of Survivor out of anyone who's ever interviewed someone who's been on Survivor, Mr. Derek Kaczynski. What's up, dude? Yeah, I only know I only know one guy that was on Survivor. Maybe I met a couple back in my day, but one guy I really knew and I and I hung out with many a times and he was like one of the like number one villain in reality TV like 10 years ago. His name is Johnny Fairplay. Uh, and this guy Davey's nothing like him. Uh, because if you guys remember, Johnny Fairplay lied about his grandmother, like dying, something crazy like that. And uh, and 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 it, I think it made him uh, helped him stay in the game longer. But everyone found out it was a lie. So um, then he got into a- pro wrestling as a heel, and I think he does a Survivor yeah. podcast as well. But really, um, yeah, yeah. Um, we won't take up too much of your time with this intro because uh, this is a bit of a bonus episode because uh, we realized, look, I just want to give a little bit of a disclaimer. You know, Davey is a lifelong challenge fan. We do do a lot of challenge tie-in, a lot of challenge talk, a lot of parallels between the challenge, which he's watched for years, and Survivor, which he's watched and also played on. So, you know, we do do a little bit of that and getting their perspectives, Derek's and Davey, that is, about the, the contrast between the two shows, how they're similar, how they're dissimilar in a lot of ways. But if you're looking for your standard challenge mania that's 100 about the challenge feel free to turn this off right now um we wanted to do this because we know there's a lot of a crossover audience between survivor and the challenge we've been having a lot of fun with this over at patreon.com slash challenge mania so if you are a challenge maniac who also digs survivor coverage we do a survivor contest over there Lindsay and i will do some episode breakdowns throughout the season not every week but whenever we can get to it so feel free to check that out patreon.com slash challenge mania if you dig this episode and if you dig survivor chatter in addition to challenge mania because as you know challenge mania is most of the time 100% challenge and we do kind of divert from time to time you might get a pro wrestling reference in there you might get us talking with a cast member from the challenge about their other shows like we had chase on and we talked a lot about the bachelor but for the most part we rarely do this we rarely rarely uh divert here and do an episode with uh, a cast member who's never even been on the challenge so uh without further ado we're going to get to mr davy rickenbacker please follow him on social media he's at i tweet davy on twitter he's at i am davy on instagram and uh even if you don't watch survivor you want to chat with him about the challenge he's a lifelong fan of the challenge as well and he's happy to uh to talk to you and he'll appreciate the follow so uh without further ado if you want more survivor coverage there's still time to be a part of uh the survivor contest depending on when you're listening to this over at patreon.com slash challenge mania um winner of the survivor contest this year wins a spot on meet the patrons you can be a guest on our podcast that's right um but without further ado we're going to get to davy rickenbacker and we'll talk to you again at the end of the episode let's get it on 
All right, everybody, on the line right now, a little bit of a change of pace. Uh, the fellow we're going to be speaking to, not necessarily a former Challenge star, but he is a lifelong Challenge fan, and he was one of the standouts. I'm going to call him the standout on the last season of Survivor, David versus Goliath. You might call it David versus Goliath. I called the whole season Davey versus Goliath, because our <laughs> man on the line, Davey Rickenbacker, was, to me, one of the most likable players in the history of the show. He was kind enough to join us down in Atlanta this November for Challenge Mania Live, just to say hello. Uh, welcome to the show, Davey. How are you, man? Oh, man. Thank you so much, Scott and Derek, for, you know, inviting me to the podcast today. I can't wait to just speak with you guys. And also, thanks for inviting me this summer. Was it this summer that we had the... Uh, no, it was November. Got- it was November 3rd. It was November. It was November. Oh, man. That was that was awesome. The, the, the young lady that I had with me, she knows nothing about rea- reality TV, and she enjoyed herself. So you guys put on the show. <laughs> awesome. Hey, nice to uh, see you again, and thanks for coming out to that. I love, I love seeing, you know... The, the, the challenge become more of a community and like, I don't think survivor is, is far fetched anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously we have a, uh, the, the new challenge war of the worlds has a guy from survivor Turkey. He's, he goes by the nickname turbo. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've heard about him. I don't know if the games are similar in, in, in survivor Turkey as they are survivor in, I think Fiji you were in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but I'm interested to hear, you know, like your thoughts on, on all that. And like, I, Scott knows this. My audience probably knows this. And if, if, if not, um, I don't, I don't watch much of survivor. Um, uh-huh. so I'm, I'm excited to hear, you know, how, you know, how different survivor is from the challenge and what the similarities are, because there, I'm sure there's a ton of similarities. So, uh, thanks for, thanks for being here today. Yeah, absolutely, dude. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, and conveniently, I do watch Survivor and have watched several yeah. seasons, including every episode of your season, which a lot of people, myself included, might think might be the best season of all time. Um, certainly, <laughs> I think from an across-the-board casting standpoint, it definitely was. Um, you know, Derek alluded to the, the current kind of crossover scenarios that are in play for the challenge. We have, he didn't make it onto the challenge, but they had Jay from Survivor US just did X on the Beach. He was kind of in the rumble for potentially being on a future challenge, but that didn't work out. But as he said, one of the standouts on the current season is Turbo, who did two seasons and one of Survivor Turkey. Davey, I, you know, the reason that you came to join us for Challenge Mania Live was that uh, my wife, you know, when we were in Atlanta, she's like, oh, Davey lives in Atlanta. I heard that he loves the challenge. And uh, which so sh- shouts to Lindsay, by the way. And you had yeah. actually mentioned it was your first love that you had watched the challenge even before maybe you even watched Survivor. So before we even get to Survivor, to start unpacking all that and all the parallels and stuff. I'd love to know how you initially became a challenge fan. Yeah, man. So um, in my adolescent stage, you know, the real world was really popular back then, uh, as well as road rules. And I am one of two, one of three brothers. And that's the thing that me and my brothers would always watch. It would be the real world. We watched that together. And if you did watch Survivor, you know that I'm a blurred, which is a black nerd. And so I'm not really into uh, sports that much. But that was my brothers were into sports. And this was kind of the one thing that, you know, all three of us were able to sit down and watch together and bond over. So I actually started off watching the real world. I think it was real world New York or back 
to New York with uh, Coral and Mark and Coral and Mike and I forget who else was on there. But um, yeah, I started watching uh, around that time and I actually applied for the real world too uh, after I finished college. Um, I just went to a, I just went to an open casting call and I kind of just sucked. It was like a group uh, <laughs> interview setting and you know no way to really stand out. And so yeah, I kind of just been a, a real world fan. Uh, fan before I became a challenge fan and then when the challenge started happening man I was I was glued once a week just enjoying you know watching week to week the competitive nature of everything and that was all before I kind of even knew about Survivor so yeah 100% the challenge was my first love <laughs> and do you remember Derek from those days on the challenge yeah, what did you think man, of- absolutely you know I, I was I was just thinking to myself you know how could I go uh if if I was to ever do the challenge how how would I play? And Derek was a wild guy in the beginning, <laughs> from what I remember. Um, I, I think that if I was the age that Derek had started uh, when he first played, I probably would have played a little similar to him. But yeah, I definitely remember Derek playing. Um, Derek, I can't remember exactly what Rural Rules season you were on. I'm very bad with like season names and season titles, but I definitely became a fan of Derek when he was on Rural Rules as well. Wow, you you must really like assholes then. <laughs> that's what I was. Um, yeah, no, I it, I wouldn't expect you to remember that I was on Road Rules Extreme season thirteen, uh, the last real Road Rules season. Um, I, I call it that because, and, and I joke around, and Tori knows. Um, <clears throat> Tori, Brad's ex-wife, Tori knows. Yeah, you yeah. know that the uh, that you know I, I joke around and I say that wasn't a real season. And and I think when Challenge Me in Your Life Chicago, she was like, you're right. It wasn't a real season. Um, I was like, because they lived in like L.A. and, you know, they only filmed like three times a week. And it was it was, uh, you know, it was, it was more of like a chance versus stars type of scenario, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And the fans but, voted for stuff, right? <clears throat> yeah. The fans voted like people into the RV, you know, um, yeah. or they voted them into elimination, you know. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, and I feel like I, I'm hearing like the new real world may have like a similar, a similar, uh, what's it called? Concept uh, format? format. Yeah. Yeah. I, so interesting that, well, that you know where it's going to be, now. right? David, did you hear where they're going to do? I believe this next season of the real world that they're doing on Facebook. It might not be the real world that we remember. It's, it, it's yeah. possible. It's a completely different. Cause I mean, I think they're trying to play into the interactive social media element of it. It's all going to be mm-hmm. on Facebook. So guys don't get too excited that we're going back <laughs> to New York, you know, but I heard that it's going to be in Atlanta. What? Yeah. Oh man! How did I hear nothing about this? Well, I've seen a few tweets about them saying that it was going to Facebook, but I wasn't really sure how that was going to work. Uh, yeah, I don't like, know that it's they- the same people behind it. We call the producers on the show. We call them challenge gods. So I guess by proxy, they'd be real world gods. I don't know if it's the same people making the show. I heard that they did pass a lot of it off. I think it's kind of just in name and in in kind of trademark and whatnot. And I think they're going to tweak it a little bit. So people who are getting really excited about the real world coming back, I wouldn't you know get. I, I would I would hold your breath a little bit, but it is still cool to see that they're they're thinking of bringing it back but atlanta so atl finally getting one they never got a full-on <laughs> real world season but they're getting a facebook season but you guys are good you got the walking dead you guys yeah, are pretty yeah, yeah. good with that which by the way i know you're a big walking dead fan as well derek happened to come to that show in atlanta dressed like uh what's his <laughs> name well yeah negan, negan, negan. yeah with lucille in tow 
Yeah, man, I uh, I actually cosplay a bit. Um, I was Negan, huh? maybe a few Walker Stalker cons ago. Yeah, yeah, man, cosplay is like one of my biggest hobbies. I was hoping that this was going to be a video podcast so I could show you guys my Walking Dead collection. Oh, I'm a big nerd. Oh, <laughs> well, we want to see well, it anyway. I have, I have video. I have. Uh, I could turn you on anytime. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I could see you. you oh, can, man. So you can feel free to show me. Scott doesn't like showing his face on this thing, but I'm here. I don't care. <laughs> can you uh, see me? I can see you, but I can't see what you can see. You're gonna no, have to. You, you have to have put to on the. If you click on the camera below, I think it should work. Yeah. Got there you it. go. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, what's up, brother? Oh, yeah, shit. man. <laughs> it's like a dungeon. Yeah, bro. dude. It's a dungeon. Yeah, man. This is yeah, dude. This is it's my a- little forty-year-old virgin man cave. <laughs> oh my gosh! So this is my bathroom door. Also, I don't know if that's your bathroom door, but it says. Don't open dead inside. It's a closet. It looks like a closet. Yeah, it's a closet. Yeah, I've got the don't open dead inside. Uh, This picture you see above my head, that's a photo of me cosplayed as King Ezekiel and the Tiger Shiva. I got my uh, weapons on the wall there, Terminus. So I'm trying to get it all together, you know. (laughs) Now, now, when you do do Ezekiel, when you're you're playing Ezekiel, do you do the English accent or the American accent? (laughs) Oh! I, you know what? I did uh, compete in the uh, costume competition, and I did get into character on stage with the English accent. It was awesome, and we won that competition. <laughs> uh huh. That yeah, my costume at Challenge Mania Live Atlanta was actually Deadpool killing. It was actually Deadpool had killed Negan, and so he retrieved his bat, and that's what it was. So he broke the fourth wall. Okay, yeah. I get. It. And, yeah, and he killed Jason too. I don't know if you saw the Jason. Yeah, yeah, that's sorry. Yeah. That's- in true, in true Walker, in true uh, whisperer fashion. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. dude. Yeah, Ooh. man. So now that you get why why Derek has no time to watch Survivor. He's busy watching the <laughs> the Walking Dead. Um, well, see that comes on that Sunday. But well, yeah. So, and that's one thing I was going to talk to you guys about. You challenge is on Wednesdays now. What are they oh, doing? We know, <laughs> we know, and I don't know. So the the Survivor's premiering this week. At least the challenge got a couple weeks of a head start. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Survivor's typically on at eight. The challenge is on at nine. On a given week, that shouldn't pose an issue. But sometimes for premieres, for finales, Survivor goes into two hours. Finales are sometimes three hours when you add in the uh, the reunion at the end. So might be a couple crossover weeks. Weeks that have trouble. I don't know if this week is a longer episode of Survivor, but what do we do? I don't know. So, can you explain that to me? So, what time is Survivor on? Eight Eastern well, Survivor's time. Survivor's on at eight every Wednesday, and has been on Wednesday for quite some time. So, the challenge is the one hopping on Survivor's corner, not the <laughs> other way around. Wow, yeah, that's I mean, ruthless. But you know, it's not an issue with me. I love it because I'm not going to have anything to do other than reality TV for the next two hours. But yeah. as, as far as preparing for work the next day, I'm screwed. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you're, you're going to be sitting there tweeting about challenge and survivor at the same time. And then you're going to see all your people right, doing the right. same thing. And you're just going to be. <laughs> I hate you know. I, to be honest with you, and then me and Scott actually be doing the the war room uh, afterwards. Oh, um, nice. So, so our, our, our day or our night just, just won't end. So I don't know if I'm going to tap into the season, Scott, like I'd like to, because I know that, you know, I, if I ever got back on the challenge that I could, I could probably pick up a few things from you survivor guys. And, you know, I'm sure the games are like somewhat similar, like, and but the difference is like, I'm probably not going to have to go and like f- eat a gel, eat like a, a, an octopus, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. 
or yeah. like a, or like a lizard or whatever the hell I saw you doing over there. Um, <laughs> but like it, my question is, is do the survivor gods, survivor gods, I mean, uh, producers. You know, producers, camera guys go, Hey, don't eat that, bro. Don't drink <laughs> that. Like you could die. I mean, there's gotta be something. I know there is like, they're not going to let you die. I know survivor survivor, but yeah. Come on. Yeah. Well, so, so we actually call, you got caught, you guys call them the challenge guys. We call them the Jeffs. <laughs> so okay. the Jeff, Jeff is the host of our show. So we yeah. just call them the Jeffs. Okay. And, um, you know, they kind of give us a manual before we go out there and they let us know what's poisonous, uh, what we can't eat, what we can't eat. So, yeah, if there's if, I think there was like an endangered bird out there one time that I wanted to kill. And they were like, oh, no, you can't kill that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'll step we can get in. shut down for that. <laughs> right. I, uh, I just went and looked. So Survivor's actually only an hour this week. So okay. what's good? Yeah. Only an hour premiere. And so there won't be, you know, you can sit down, watch Survivor. The premiere at eight, and then right after, kick on MTV. Boom! Two hours of glorious reality TV madness. Um, <laughs> I want to know what. So you did sort of what I did. I was a lifelong challenge fan, and my wife Lindsay got me into Survivor a few years ago. I've since then. I've watched every season with her since. I've even gone back and watched probably about ten on Amazon Prime, and I love That's it. Dope. And what's interesting is that what I found about it is that there are similarities in the show, but the ways that Survivor is different are some of the ways that, hey, don't kill me, challenge people. I had begun to get a little bit frustrated with the challenge by the the sort of lack of format. What I love about the the Survivor has is every week you know what you're getting. You know you're getting a, a, a reward competition, an elimination competition, and then a tribal council. And you might get some, some idols sprinkled in as well. For the most part, they don't break that format. At. For the most part, every season is the same amount of people. Starts with two tribes, sometimes three, etc. You can look back on these 30 whatever seasons going on 40, and you can really compare the runs that people had in the games and when people got eliminated. The challenge, not so much. We talk about like challenge wins all the time, but some of these people who have challenge wins won on a team of eight people. Some people yeah. won solo. So it's not as formatted. So I loved kind of quote unquote graduating from the challenge to survivor. I love both of them in different ways. I still Still have a huge place in my heart for the challenge and I have room for Survivor as well. What was it that first attracted you to Survivor? Because I see a ton of crossover. Derek, I'm happy to hear you might start watching because our patrons love it. Lindsay and I have been doing, not not weekly, but maybe every few weeks doing Survivor podcasts over there on the Patreon that people have been taken to. We do a Survivor contest. A lot of people dig these shows in similar ways. So, Davey, what attracted you to Survivor? Did that get in the way at all of, of you appreciating the challenge? And how, in what ways do you like them? you know the pros and cons of each of them you know um so i actually got into survivor because i was freaking unemployed as hell i was a a, a, um um subject to the what do you call it great depression i mean not the great depression but the uh, recession and everything Uh, right were you working in the oil field too <laughs> right. The great That's depression. where Derek was. No, Derek was working in the oil field. Oh wow, okay. And yeah. there was a great depression at some point. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right, right, right. So I had just finished college uh, in 2010, and I was kind of just on my mom's couch, and Netflix and Hulu was all I was doing. So I kind of just started watching an episode of Survivor, and I think the thing about uh, CBS is it's more of a uh, family-type show, and they focus on the stories of those characters and their growth and all of that, 
with, which is great, which I also love, you know, from from MTV's standpoint. But it's a little more entertaining because it's a, a lot of drama and stuff like that. But with CBS, I guess, you know, just the growth of the characters is what drew me to Survivor because I could I could kind of put myself in their shoes more so than I could put myself into you guys' shoes on MTV because I mean like I said I'm a black nerd and Survivor you know they pick those people who you know maybe have a little more weight you know maybe are a lot older you know maybe someone who wouldn't have played sports when they were uh at a young a younger age but you look at the challenge and you guys are like great gods when you look at you like i always joke with my friends like i would never go on the challenge until i got some abs or something because i would look like a big slob on there <laughs> what yeah. are you thinking Derek? <laughs> uh dude i'm 35 man like what do you think i'm thinking all these are you the one guys <laughs> like you got guys like josh popping up and yeah. you know i i think paulie had 12 i think i counted 12 abs on paulie the other day <laughs> and i was just like god oh, dude. Know, when i started i just i had I was kind of like, I was an athlete, but yeah. I like, I like to drink and I ate what I wanted to. Yeah, so yeah. like my, I worked hard in the gym because I, that's what I like to do. That's just what I've done my entire life. And one thing that I can never get down was that, was that nice six pack. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you could take down a yeah, six pack. Yeah. It was just the wrong kind of six pack. Yeah. But so, so here I am like, it was at red 35, stripe. So at, at 35 years old, like I, I know, I, I actually know the, 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 the remedy to getting that. So I think I can, you know, I'm like, ah, now I need one of those to, you know, <laughs> to actually like, you know, look like one of these guys. So, yeah. so if I, if I was ever again, had to, you know, had, you know, got another opportunity, I, I think I could, I could rock out with the y- younger fellas. You know what I mean? But it is, it's something that's like, you know, you're self-conscious about. It's like, you know, I got to look just as good as not better. They're doing something better than I am. So better freaking figure it out. Yeah, man. And, and well, so the theme of our season was David versus Goliath. So yeah. I was on a, I was on a David tribe. Yeah. I mean, you look over on the Goliath tribe, those people look like they should be on the challenge yeah. <laughs> if I'm looking at them. So yeah. And, and look, Derek, I don't know because I just saw you on Instagram walking on your hands yeah, exactly. uh, in, a, <laughs> in a video. Uh, you probably, ago, I, I think, think I saw know. three of those videos posted in the same 24-hour period of him walking on his hands and then doing pull-ups and this and that. So don't sell yourself short. We got people listening to this thinking, I could never do half of that, and you're hating on yourself. Give us a break here. You're listening You're listening to one of them right now. I could never even I, – I can't even do four pull-ups in a row, and you're sitting here complaining about you and your six-pack. Come on. Well, I, I did just – I just saw Nelson, and uh, you know, or he was at Challenge Mania Live uh, – uh, um, Austin, Texas. And, you know, it's really funny with him because he's supposed to be like my, like nemesis, you know, but we got him on stage. It's all Scott's idea. Like, you know, this is going to go well, you know, he shows up late. It's okay. It didn't, didn't really matter. Cause we always have some kind of like dramatic. Um, when you came to Atlanta, we, we were missing, you know, Kahuta, you know, God rest his grandfather's soul. And that's yeah. what happened, but something similar happened. Anyway, you just never know how it's going to go. We take a couple shots at each other above the belt. You know what I mean? And yeah. later and later on, you know, we're having drinks and he goes, yo, D, I saw you walking on your hands. And one of my goals was to, I told, he's like, I told my boy, my gym partner that, that I'm going to do that better. And he's like, dude, he's like, bro, 
And it was like, no way, man. <laughs> I was like, bro, I only, I'm like, I, I can do that. Like, I don't practice that very often at all. It's just like, it's just like you threw the obstacle course at me. So we had the, we had the thing built, right? Yeah. And it's, it's one of the things that they have to do in some of these competitions. So I'm like, ah, let me play with that. Like, that's something that I can do. That's, you know, yeah. different than other people. But, um, you know, it's not like I practice it all the time, but it's like, you know, it was like, can I get, I, I still haven't gotten down the stairs yet, by the way. Like I can't, I, I went back the next day and I was like, dude, I got to get down these stairs. I didn't record it. I was just like, can I get down the stairs? And I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, now that everybody listening to this officially hates themselves, um, <laughs> I, I want to talk about what you guys were just talking about, which is the casting process for both of these shows and how they're different, which is we're at the point now, Davey, you alluded to that you had initially maybe you know auditioned to be on The Real World. That ship has, for the most part, sailed, and now it's kind of like you have to go and get cast for another reality show and then have a couple seasons of that under your belt and then get on the challenge. Now that you've done Survivor, I would say maybe you can make a call or two to and at least get an interview in there. However, with Survivor, for the most part, every season is kind of a clean slate. They bring back returning players. They have veteran-type seasons. This next season that's debuting on Wednesday, we will have four returning players. But for the most part, it is a show that your every man, your every woman could potentially get on. And that's you know age included, size included. They cast from a pool that is pretty vast and unlimited. And that's different from the challenge. I, you know, People seem to get frustrated and we get questions all the time. Do you ever think they'd do a fans versus favorites challenge? No, probably not. I think we're, we're probably gone nah. are the days when you could just get plucked from obscurity and you're going to go right on the challenge. That's probably not going to happen. So I want to know when it came to auditioning for Survivor, you know, you know, even speaking to you for five minutes in Atlanta or now talking to you, it's, it's, it's obvious how infectious your energy and your personality is, but what did you feel like when you were being interviewed, did they cling to the quickest? You know, you see how they kind of, you know, uh, put you out there when the show aired and obviously is some of the, the stuff and the successes you had, the finding the idols, how jovial you would get when you caught an octopus. But in the interview process, could you kind of see what, what kind of, you know, box they were looking to put you in or what sort of spot they were looking to fill. Cause when you have a challenge, when you have a, a season of survivor, I should say called David versus Goliath. They're certainly look, they have certain types of people in mind that they want to fill that show. So what was it about yourself during that process? Do you th- that you think jumped out to them? So I think the thing is with CBS is they do like to cast off of archetypes. You know, they want to have the dumb blonde, they want to have the nerdy guy. They want to have the dumb job. And I think what got me noticed was the fact that I was something different. They had never heard of someone who, you know, refers to himself as a black nerd before. They had never heard of a black guy that drives a PT cruiser before in cosplays. And I think that was something that just, you know, stuck out there. I remember going to my interview and just having them laughing on the floor because I, I was saying, yeah, I drive a PT cruiser or white people love to talk to me because of that. Like, I I think it was just a new element for me. And I don't think it was, uh, you know, me having an archetype or a stereotype because Carl, who was on my season, they wanted him as a black cowboy. So I guess they kind of just look for uh, something that's different, but 
also keeping those other archetypes that they usually use. So just throwing a new element into each season, if that makes any sense. Derek doesn't know this, but famously you were actually called in as a last second replacement. You made it pretty far in the casting yeah. process, but had initially been told no. They actually flew out to Fiji. And Derek, by the way, every season of the last maybe 10 have been done on the same beach or two in Fiji. So they've pretty much like, you know, put their footprint down and that's where they're doing these things. So every survivor for the most part since you know 30 has been in Fiji but so everyone gets to Fiji something goes wrong with one of the cast members and they're like we got to go in two days who can we call call Davey and Davey got the call two days out he flies right out boom he gets put into this cast and ends up making it very far so D just to catch you up there I want to ask you Davey because this was a brilliant question my wife had Lindsay said does Davey think that if a Goliath had gone down, they still would have called you and they would have shoehorned you into the Goliath team? Or do you think they maybe had another alternate to fill that role? So it's kind of rumored, and I don't know how true it is, but it's rumored that the guy who, uh, who left Fiji was a Goliath and not a David. And possibly someone else from the Goliath's tribe was actually a David and not a Goliath in the beginning. So can I tell I think, you who I think that might have been? Because uh, now I've never heard that, but I've had this theory about Mike White since the show aired, which was yeah. I think Mike White is and D to catch you up. Mike White is a famous actor, writer, director. He he wrote and directed the movie um, School of Rock. He also played Ned Schneebly, the guy who Jack Black takes over his role as a teacher. He's very you know fairly famous, very probably you know lucrative op, you know occupation. He's probably very well off. He's actually appeared on Amazing Race before so there is a way to peg him as a goliath as far as his success in the entertainment industry but personality wise he really you know gelled more with the davids he kind of carries himself more like a david he has a personality that if you took all of the like movie directorness out of him he could have fit well in the david tribe however he got put on the goliath tribe which gave him all those alliances going into the merge and then come merge time he got along with you guys great too so he was set up pretty well now it's well documented that he's a friend of the show he's a friend of jeff probes he's a friend of the cbs family he's already been on amazing race my whole conspiracy was just like this is a guy who on another season would have gone on the show and probably been alienated slightly more and not gotten along with the john hennigan or or the or you know an angelina or some of these other stronger willed people they probably would have clashed more but on a show where you could shoehorn him in there as a goliath because of his job he got those natural built-in alliances and then come the merge was kind of set up to then merge along with people he would have gotten along with on any season what say you for that theory and could he have been the person who had to switch tribes when that person went down uh, so I can say 100% that the rumor is not that it was Mike White. Um, but <laughs> but the theory that you have, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, Mike was the guy out there that as soon as the merge happens, and the merge is once we all get to a certain part and we're playing an individual game, Mike was the guy that maybe the majority of the Davids were gelling with so much because he was a bit of a nerd himself, like we were. So yeah, 100%, that theory sounds great, but no, it wasn't Mike. <laughs> who, do you want to say who you guys think it was? Um, I don't want to say who I, who, who I think it was because it's, it's based on a rumor, but if you want to guess and I give you a nod, 
then we can do that. <laughs> so it's a, so it's a date. We're just to be clear. So it's a David who then ended up on the Goliath tribe because then they put you on the David side, right? So somebody yeah. who ended up as a Goliath but sort of would have been a David otherwise. Hmm, Allison. No. Okay. No, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been Allison because you know her career as a doctor. They perceive that as having Goliath qualities. Um, I, you know, I, I it, and this is just a rumor that I've heard from freaking fans. So I don't know for sure, for sure that this is the case. Um, if 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 I was thinking anything, I would think it would be based on someone's career, um, not really based on someone who, you know, is built and doing well on challenges, but that's just me. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Well now, I mean, I'm going to go back and look at the whole roster and try to figure it out of who it would have been because I'm just trying to think, I mean, maybe it was one of those Goliaths who went down early that I kind of forgot about. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's who it was, but I mean, D you would have loved, I mean, this season was so great. They just had such big characters along the way the Miz's former tag team partner Johnny Mundo oh, yeah, played on man. the show he was a Goliath he made it halfway through and he got blind you watched so I sent D a best of Davey Rickenbacker montage <laughs> that he watched before this and Davey's yeah. biggest move on the show was he used his idol so they get these idols that they find along the way that they can use to give someone themselves or someone else safety at a tribal and part of the brilliance of having one of these is not just having it to play for yourself anytime because you want to play it when the votes are actually coming against you. You want to be able to change the game in the direction that it wouldn't have gone in unless you played it for that right person. Davey used his idol and played it for someone named Christian, another very strong personality in the game on the David side, who, when you watch it, it looks like he didn't even know he was in as rough a shape as he really was. He plays it for him, and then the way all the voting shakes out, this guy, John Hennigan, this former Intercontinental Champion, the Miz's former uh, tag team champion. What's his real name? His real name is John Hennigan, but he's he was Johnny Mundo in TNA, Johnny Nitro in, um, in WWE. He was part of the old tag team Eminem. He was on Tough Enough. He won Tough Enough. So he, he's, you know, you would, if you look looked at him and you watched wrestling from like 2005 to 2011 WWE you would know who he was anyway Yo, I, sorry to cut you off is Miz and Mrs. also on on Wednesday night after the challenge I don't know but that's going to be the one we're going to have to hit on the TiVo <laughs> That, 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 that's the one that's going to the Sorry. DVR. Sorry, Mike. Um, but but so so he used his idol and took out John yeah. Hennigan, who had Saw no, that. I mean, there was no like inklings that this guy was in trouble vote-wise at all. But the way yeah. that the, the idols were played, only two votes sent him home. He, he so. took out like the Goliath. And then he yeah. stole his jacket and he rocked his jacket and did like a night a night <laughs> vision saw, promo. Did like a did like an awesome touchdown dance. I loved it. I loved the excitement. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, uh, man. John is John is great, man. I, I, uh, Scott, did you also see the footage of us at uh, uh, the wrestling match? Uh, oh yeah, in I saw that. You guys went to the TNA because John is in TNA now, and you and Nick sat front row. And one of you guys got pushed by, I believe, it was Brian Cage. He was wrestling, right? And you took a serious dive there. That was crazy. Yeah. Man. Oh, he I just think I saw tapped that. me and I flew. Yeah, you saw it. You saw it, Derek. Yeah, he just tapped me and I just flew. That was an amazing experience. But yeah, man, John is a great guy. Like, you see a guy like that, 
um, without him saying any words, and you think he's going to be this big douche monkey, and he was just not that totally. Um, had we not been on the same tribes, I mean, excuse me, had we not been on different tribes going into the merge, John probably would have been someone who I would have aligned with immediately. Um, that t- that night that he did go home, you know, I had gotten intel from one of my closest allies, uh, one of my closest Goliath allies in the game, Kara, and Nick had gotten intel from his closest closest Goliath ally, Mike, and we kind of put two and two together and realized that Christian was going to be the one to go home. And Survivor is a numbers game. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure the challenge has a numbers game element to it as well. But, you know, with a David versus Goliath thing, we needed as many Davids uh, as we could at that point to keep those numbers. Had we not had those numbers, the Goliaths would have been able to pick us off one by one by one one so we had to get rid of john but i mean it, it, john was a great sport about it. it it happened in the most epic fashion it could have happened in and it was basically the well one of the david versus goliath stories of our season so, yeah, yeah i saw that that's a big move i can't yeah. i can't believe you took out a wrestler man on survivor <laughs> i want yeah, one more crack at my guess I, i've been thinking about it since you said it obviously i can't get it out of my head you mentioned it's somebody it wouldn't have been their occupation but even though they were good at challenges would be something so maybe alec it was it alec that might have been a day because he was a bartender right i mean it's not like he's having <laughs> life handed to him he's yeah. handing out cocktails <laughs> I don't know, man. That's a good guess, though. All right. <laughs> it's a good guess, but I won't All right. Just wanted to have on record my 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 uh, my official guess. Now that I have yeah. time to think about it. Okay, here's a good question from Marie. It's about you know the survivor gods or the Jeffs as you call them. Can they manipulate information and give info to contestants uh, or help and even unintentionally? And I'll add in something Lindsay and I always talk about because you guys are being followed around with cameras all the time. If I was on Survivor, I would follow the cameras. I would look for who are they following around. You know, who's kind of going in this direction? Because it's like, you know, I don't know how many crew members they have, but they probably have to only focus on the stuff that's really going down. Are you able to do that? Does anything ever unintentionally get given away by the fact that you can kind of track who the survivor gods slash Jeffs are paying more attention to in the moment? Yeah. You know, I think that the fact that it's been 37 seasons, they've been able to do a lot of trial and error because they did a great job of just giving all of us camera the same amount of camera time as, you know, throughout the season. There's a thing that we do called uh, walks and a walk is when you get to go and do your confessionals. I'm not sure what you guys uh, you guys just have like a confessional room, correct? Uh, they like interview rooms, but that. I, I, n- I never did a uh, real world. I know real world was called confessionals. Yeah. Um, X on the beach has like a confessional room. Um, you know, this but the is more like is a the- well-lit room where you go uh, for a whole day. You know I'm saying? Uh, you're on the challenge, right? It's like an interview do- day. Yeah. An interview day, but we also have like what's called OTF on the fly, where okay. you go on. You could probably go on your walk, and we, okay. you know, we okay. get we get questioned a little bit. So, so yeah, what he's saying um, on the fly that that was our walk, and they do a good job of just keeping everyone out there the same amount of time. So they would take each of us out out there, maybe about. Uh, an hour or 30 minutes. And so we, we can never get really any indication that someone is, you know, telling more of a story than the next person. I do remember them telling us, uh, Scott, do you remember Tony, uh, that one, uh, yeah. his season of survivor? Cop, yeah. I, 
Yeah, I do remember them telling us that, you know, he would try to manipulate the cameraman and just start running just to see if they would chase him, uh, just to see if they would point in certain areas for uh, certain clues and things of that nature. So, like I said, I think after 37 seasons, trial and error, they probably have it down to a team. Yeah, because there will. It's funny you mentioned the pointing of the cameras. That's another thing I always think about. They always have that shot where, I mean, and these guys are, look, they're Emmy Award winning camera guys for a reason, is they'll do that shot where someone's looking for an idol and they'll kind of follow the person but then show you where the idol is as a viewer. And I'm always wondering if, like, out of the corner (laughs) of your eye, you can kind of see that, but I guess not. Another thing, you know, you guys, I mean, I think Jeff Probst is the the best TV host in the business. And part of the reason that is because he's not just a host. He's an executive producer of the show and not just in name recognition. It's not like, oh, Kiefer Sutherland's a star at 24. Now he's executive producer at 24. The guy is literally producing the the challenges while they're happening. He's He's got full, you know, creative license there. He's commentating them in real time. Sometimes, though, I wonder if that begins to get a little unfair. I'm watching some of these challenges you guys do and he sometimes when he's like letting people know how far they are ahead or he might kind of you know give updates of where people are at and I'm wondering I'm like man do I want the other people to know that I have no chance of winning or do I there was one this season where Carl got the word wrong but he announced what the word was that he got wrong and then I was like, oh, well, now everybody knows that's not the word. And the two words were so similar that it was, I think it was the, the difference between like, uh, it was like, uh, what was it? It was like production or, pr- or, or precautionary. Um, it was like, you know what it was? Uh, yeah, because I won that reward. You won it, right? Yeah, exactly. So you were the, you know, obviously the, the bearer of these fruits, but it's like one of those things where he crossed off a word that you could have gotten by accident too by saying, mm-hmm. no, that's not it, you know? Yeah. And those two words were perception and perspective. Yeah, Um, right. So (laughs) and, and, you know, speaking from that experience, uh, I don't think it helped me anyway, you know, finding my word. Uh, And you got to keep in mind. And well, I'm sure, you know, those challenges last forever. So you may be only seeing what Jeff says to certain characters, but he pretty much does it to everyone throughout the entire challenge. And maybe they're just only airing that part because, you know, it focuses on that person's story, that episode. So, yeah, I think 100 percent is pretty fair, pretty fair around the board. Yeah. Yeah, because TJ Lavin, obviously the the host of the challenge, he's been tiptoeing more and more into that kind of live commentary uh-huh. kind of thing and showing his sort of editorial license and calling people out when he doesn't like what they've been doing. But Jeff is just, he is just omnipresent during those things. He's calling them down the middle every time, sometimes in the, in the, uh, with the tribals as well. And it kind of goes back to what you said about we only see what fits the narrative. Because Lindsay yeah. and I are sitting there and like, you know, if you're someone who is maybe in the running to go home and they show Jeff being like hey Scott you look worried I'd be like I'd be like what is Jeff leave me alone why are you telling him I look worried you know but does you he do know, that for all you Jeff, guys Jeff did he, Jeff did that to me one episode that it wasn't aired so that's why I can definitely speak to the fact that he probably does do it for everyone and this was the uh, first tribal we had on the tribe swap where it was me and Natalia the, the Natalia boot and um, I remember I, I knew I was well I didn't know I wasn't in trouble but I knew that I would be okay because I had my idol and i remember jeff saying to everyone davy you don't look like you're nervous at all and i'm like 
Jeff, what are you doing? <laughs> now they're going to think that I'm nervous. Now they're going to, you know, think that I have an idol and I can go home. But they didn't even show that on, on screen. So, yeah, I think Jeff, you know, being the executive producer and being in, you know, having hosted this for so many years, he's probably gotten a lot of complaints uh, for not being fair in, in people's eyes to where he knows now that he's got to give everybody shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When was, uh, I remember when, into it. when we spoke in Atlanta, you had mentioned uh, you were like, you know, I haven't watched the last few seasons of the show. You know, I recognize Derek. I, re- I recognize Jemmy. I think it was Chuck. And obviously you, you could have watched every minute of the challenge and not recognize Chuck. So I don't blame you for that. But <laughs> but, who, but what was the last full season that you watched? And are you by chance going to get back into it now that you're, you got Survivor behind you? Uh, I, I am actually, I'm 100% getting back into it. I have, I'm caught up on the episodes of this season. What's the uh, title of this season? War of the um, Worlds. War, I'm, I'm, I'm caught up on War of the Worlds. I can't tell you what was the last challenge I watched, but I will say I probably stopped watching when they started adding, are you the one people on the challenge? Yeah. Um, just because I didn't know those guys' backstories. And um, I, that couldn't have been about maybe about four or five seasons ago, right? You know, it's, it's, it, it, yes, it was. Like I mean, because the last Thanks. Real World, and there was a little bit of crossover, I think, there between Real World and Are You the One, but the last Real World that that, that uh, was, was Kayla's, and I believe that was around, so I would say probably like 2013 is when the Are You the One people really started infiltrating the challenge, and there was a little bit, there was a couple more seasons of the Real World. There was Tony season and Kayla season, but yeah, that's when you started getting like four or five yeah. new cast members a season where we're just like, wait a minute, I don't watch this whack dating show who is that guy you know (laughs) exactly and um, and it wasn't even just that i was in school at that point too so you know it was already conflicted but yeah i think when they started adding those people and i don't even know if i would be as interested to watch this season if i hadn't played survivor because now i know some big brother people i know some survivor people so maybe that's you know the reason that i'm watching this season are, are the fan are the fans getting a good uh reception from this or is it kind of just up in the air right now d what do you I, think i don't i think people are excited about it i think the whole like premise that it's like looks you know to, you know everyone's describing it as mad max which means i need to probably go watch that um but, you know, to me, it reminds me of Book of Eli. I keep saying that because it's like dark, sadistic, you know, grimy, uh, you know, new people. You know, well, you remember, villains. did you watch Davey back when we had the fresh meat seasons? So there was yeah, fresh meat yeah, and yeah. fresh meat so too. I, so I enjoyed the fresh meat. So, yeah. So they're doing a good job. You know, they paired the fresh meat with the people that I knew. So. Right. So maybe you so say maybe yeah I, maybe I still would have enjoyed. It, yeah. Is it is it weird that like I think that the draft like for, something about this draft was like cool to me, you oh, know? That they got to pick. Yeah, no, I yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. I, and I I wish they would have put stats up. You know what I mean? Which is well, oh for some, the veterans. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just just for fun. You know, that, that's that's what we do. You know, in any draft, you're like, oh, this college football player, you know, ha- you know, won three times at Alabama. Of course, <laughs> you know, number one pick, you know, to yeah. the Jacksonville, whatever. So you um, mentioned, wait, Davey, you, something you said was cool because, I mean, I know I'm sure you recognize a lot of the challenge, you know, the veterans like the CTs and the Johnnies and the Leroys from the times you watch. But some of the newer yeah. cats, like you mentioned, like a Paulie or a Josh who's, you know, 
so how quickly did you become, you just did your season of Survivor. I'm fascinated by the crossover between Survivor, Big Brother, Amazing Race, The Challenge, etc. And the fact that you're now a part of this crazy, wacky world of reality TV. How quickly were you embraced by these other folks on these other shows? Like you mentioned knowing these people. Is it conventions? Is it social media? Is yeah. it just being fans of each other? Oh, man, that's all of it. <clears throat> uh, this summer, um, there's this charity event called Hearts of Reality. I don't oh, know yeah, if you know about Florida. it. Uh, yep, yeah, Mark yeah, Long yeah, goes yeah. every year. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think Kara Maria was invited and Johnny was invited, but they didn't they didn't come this time. Um, Mark, Mark Long was there. Um, and, yeah, so a lot of just reality people are there. And me and Nick went under the radar. We were not supposed to be there because, you know, we could get in trouble just for, you know, being in the limelight, taking pictures with fans and all of that stuff and, and i got to meet josh out there i got to meet dave Vaughn out there you know i got to meet some other people who i can't name right now because i can't even remember but basically you know just the community the reality tv community i got to meet all of them and of course social media aided in that you know i, I started following these people and i started following the people that follow these people so yeah 100 social media and these charity events and conventions that's how you get embraced into the community right off the bat so do you watch Big Brother 2 then? So I just – this was my first Big Brother uh, season to watch live because um, Nick is such a big fan of Big Brother. <clears throat> Nick's the winner of our season. And, you know, he was really trying to get me and get – sorry, me, Gabby, and Carl are all tra- challenge fans. I forgot to tell you that. Oh, and, really? Shouts yeah, to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, Carl, so- Carl could drink with the best of them. We saw that. So Carl, <laughs> probably they should be calling Carl to go on the challenge. Yeah. Tell, right. Tell Carl, tell Carl yeah. he forgot his hat at your place. Tell Carl he forgot his hat tell- at your place right there. Uh- <laughs> Not that yeah, Carl. I, I used to be screaming Carl. And I knew it was never gonna get aired on TV, but yeah, yeah. But um, what was where was I going with that? Oh, you're saying about Big Brother? He's got Carl's hat from The Walking Dead over there. Sorry, I totally broke this all. Um, I don't know who Carl is. I only know Carl from The Walking Dead. Carl was another member of the of the the David Tribe, and they won. Yeah, Big Brother. We were talking about Big Brother. So Nick, so Nick, um, Nick is the biggest Big Brother fan, and. Uh, I think he went to a charity event where he met Josh and Davon. And then when I got to the charity event with him, he introduced me to them. And this was the first season that I watched of Big Brother, which wasn't even the real Big Brother. It was Celebrity Big Brother. And <clears throat> and I was thinking, you know, I think that the challenge is pretty much uh, a fusion of Survivor and Big Brother in a sense. Because and Fear Factor and Fear Factor. And fear factor, because you've got those crazy, crazy challenges you see on Survivor. I mean, you've got the gameplay, which is the social gameplay aspect of the challenge. You've got Big Brother that, you know, you got the drinking in the house and you've got the hooking up in the house and all of that. That's all in the challenge. So it's like a smorgasbord of, of everything built into the challenge. And maybe that's why I love the challenge so much, <clears throat> because it's bits and pieces of each of these reality shows. So you get all of it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really cool. And it's cool to hear that those folks are, are fans of the challenge. I don't know, it, this week or last week, we just found out that Giannis uh, on the Milwaukee Bucks, one of the best players in the NBA, is a big challenge fan as well. He actually wow. was, was interviewed. So I love hearing just, you know, diff, either diff, different reality stars or athletes or anybody out there who's a fan of the challenge. I think it says a lot about them as people. So it's cool to hear that uh, Carl and Gabby, and who else did you say it was? 
It's Carl and Gabby, and we're trying to get Nick on board because we gave Big Brother a chance this season. So there you go. He's well, got Nick, Nick's got to be. I love. I thought Nick was was great, and you know, Nick. Uh, to tell you a little bit about him, D um, played the game. I mean, he's a public defense attorney, right, from Kentucky, and he played the game very like you know under the radar, but made all these little alliances with people that he gave these goofy names because he's a Big Brother fan. So on Big Brother, you can't have an alliance without naming it of course which can be your downfall but it can also be kind of fun if you end up winning or going far but every time someone comes up with an alliance name on one of these shows they do hashtag whatever the alliance is so Nick had along the way made all these relationships with people and then finally makes it to the end wins a lot of these uh, individual immunities to get to that final tribal and ends up winning the whole thing Uh, really likable guy from Kentucky super sweet had this great story that he didn't even unleash until the final tribal but him and Davey were kind of neck and neck there and I would say and tell me if you, you uh, agree, Davey, that when it got down to the wire there and he won those eliminations or the immunities, I should call them, that whichever one of you won those yeah. was going to make it to the final three and probably win the whole thing. And whichever one of you didn't was probably going to get ousted there when Mike was smart enough to flip it on you. And that happened to you at six. And then he happened to win the whole thing. So I, I thought it was going to be one of you the whole time. And I ended up being right. But sadly, it wasn't. you. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, I, I, I knew that. And Throughout the whole game, I knew Nick was my biggest competition. And, you know, I guess that's why Survivor isn't really a game. It's a social experiment. Are you willing to turn on these people who are supposed to be your number one allies? Are you willing to go the extra mile and do this game? But, yeah, 100 percent, I knew that it had to be either me or Nick that was going to make it to the end. And I'm happy that things happen the way that they happen because everything happens for a reason. And maybe it wasn't my chance to win. And that's one of the reasons why I don't think I would do the challenge right away because I know I want to do Survivor again. And I know CBS is a jealous network. (laughs) So if I was to go do something, on MTV, I'm not sure if they would, you know, be so, you know, excited for me to come back immediately to do Survivor. Maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't, but I think it's too early in the game to figure that out because they just started War of Worlds this year. <laughs> yeah, you got time. To- look, here's the thing. If you are a two-time Survivor player who does fairly well, I mean, you're still young, so if you went on yeah. again and did even better, I mean, look, I'd be more, as you mentioned, the Jealous Network thing, I think it'd probably be an easier sell to the challenge to have a yeah. two time survivor favorite on the challenge than tell him hey go back and get mtv sloppy seconds and put him back <laughs> on the show we just had chase uh chase mcnary on we we taped it today it's going to run tomorrow he was uh, almost the bachelor um and uh you know he was on bachelorette came in the final three and then he has since segued on to mtv and done the x on the beach he okay just okay, the, okay yeah yeah and he just did the he was the first one eliminated last week by hunter so he was ashley's yeah. partner he went home but it's interesting someone actually asked this question uh I'll try to find it, but um, someone wrote in and said that it's interesting that it seems like the challenge is willing to take on all comers from all these different shows, yet these other shows don't necessarily pull from the challenge. They've had a celebrity big brother the past two years, and there's been rumors about, say, Johnny Bananas going on it. When it comes time to announce the cast, they're never there. What do you think it is? I mean, like, it's one of those things where we love, and you mentioned it, how the challenge has sort of become battle of the reality stars. You don't necessarily Mm -hmm. have to have started on MTV, but if you have a following from another platform, they're willing to take you what is it about mtv that makes it kind of that dirty little secret that once you're on a challenge or once you're on one of those shows big networks kind of done with you 
I don't know. Maybe it's the demographics of the age that watches them. Um, like I said, Survivor is, I mean, CBS is like a family network. And I've even noticed that with social media. Like, you'll look at Derek's followers and then you'll look at my followers. I'm, I'm not getting a lot of followers because it's a freaking family network. These old women aren't following me on Instagram. They don't have Instagram. But then you look at uh, Derek's followers and how many followers do you have, Derek? Like, uh, look, next to nothing compared to some of the people that are on the challenge right now. Uh, some of these guys from the, you get what I'm, he's got a, he's got a hundred thousand followers, but they bring these guys over from the UK that have a million plus. It's yeah. absurd, but yeah, we get yeah. what you're saying, and that yeah. demographic uh, is interesting because I look at Survivor. I mean, you came, you're a very popular player. I will look sometimes, and I don't mean this in a condescending way. I mean, look, I'm yeah, literally yeah, yeah. a nobody, but like sometimes I'll, I'll stumble across like a Survivor winner's uh, social media following, like a Survivor winner that was on fairly recently, and it's you know I look at it, I'm like, oh wow, that's like, and and I guess it is that disconnect, the idea that this yeah. massive audience really? is filled with people. Yeah, you know, it's so one- they they don't so Survivor doesn't get. Like big followings right off the bat, like Big Brother gets big followings big right off the bat. Well, I'll tell you the difference between um, the Big Brother. Does, so I'll tell you the right? difference between that, right? So Big Brother, they have kind of time to follow you along the way. It's all summer, uh, you know. It's kind of okay. you know. It's one of those. Okay. And to be honest with you, oh, with the Big yeah. Brother, they cast a slightly, you know, I wouldn't say they cast the same way MTV does um, in any other way other than the age thing. But the, the age demographics, as far as the cast members, maybe not from a viewer standpoint but they're casting like mid to late 20s good looking people for 80% Mm -hmm. of the cast and then they'll throw in a Glenn or a Kevin to round it out but for the most part they're casting younger as well so people Mm -hmm. who watch the show um, you know the audience might be older but the people and the followings they have are skewed a little younger it's interesting that you said that about about Survivor because to me Survivor is one of the biggest shows around. And yet you do look at some of the social media followings and it's a little bit, you know, it's, 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 you look at it, it's like getting over that hump of like, I kind of, I kind of assume like, Oh, you were on TV. You're going to have this amount of followers. And sometimes Mm. I look, I'm like this person, one survivor and they don't have that amount of followers. It's kind of interesting to me. So you think it's an age thing? Yeah. I think it's the age demographics. 100%. Yep. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, no, 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 I was just saying, like, and I, I would even look at the uh, the uh, way that MTV runs their um, challenge uh, Instagram account. And it's totally different than the way that Survivor runs their uh, Instagram account. Like, you've got the uh, live takeovers on MTV that you guys do so great. And I'm like, why are we doing any of this stuff? It's, and it's probably because... There's not an age demographic for it. <laughs> well, it's a lot of it also. Now, okay, here's the thing about Survivor as well that is one of my favorite parts of the show, to be quite honest with you, but also probably affects the way that they're able to promote it in real time. To me, there's so much prestige to, to the winner, to who wins, to who becomes the final three, and they do such a like a pretty damn good job of avoiding people follow, finding out about that. The challenge, I mean, you can blink and find out who won a, <laughs> by accident, not even want it spoilers left and right if you just go on reddit for five seconds survivor does such a good job i don't know if it's with the ndas or whatever or because they're filming it so far on the other side of the world but they do such a good job with that that maybe they don't want to tip things off by showing you who they're giving more Uh. social media time to or who they're getting behind and it kind of unfortunately 
it's one of those things where you don't necessarily get the whole season of, oh, wow, this guy was the man for three months because they slow play it. They don't want to give away in the edit who's going to win. So like Nick, for instance, they made it look like he was going out week one and then he was kind of yeah. under the radar and then he comes on mm-hmm. late, which is great, and which is why I love watching the show because it's so surprising. But from a social media standpoint, most people probably didn't think they needed to follow him until three days before the finale. You know? Yes, yes, and then his followers shut up. Yeah, we were, we were we talk about this all the time, man. It's but that makes a lot of sense, though. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> that love that they like trick. I mean, because to be honest with you, and this season in particular, I'm such a survivor nerd that I mean, I listen to the to the R Hat podcast, and I read all the Jeff uh, yeah. Jeff Probst interviews on EW, and I love when they give little nuggets of how they're changing stuff, and they put so much thought into like where they reveal things in the edit and stuff like that. And I know that this season in particular, they were trying to really use a lot of misdirects and not have you kind of be able to be two steps ahead and see stuff coming and because of that you are someone as well who I think got a slow play edit and you know didn't get that first third heroes edit because when in that second third you guys came on and started running the game it felt so organic and you were able to get behind the Davids really overcoming these Goliaths because if from episode one it was oh why I mean yes they showed you catching uh, an octopus and yes they saw you finding an idol but to be honest with you they kind of downplayed it so much that I'm like he's gonna misplay that idol or he's just gonna use it on himself he doesn't need to but then come those big moments you're like i'm so thankful that they didn't hammer these guys early on because i just yeah. was able to enjoy these moments so much you know i didn't feel like from the start they were getting that heroes edit that some other shows just give people the whole time so a little different yeah and i think that speaks to like the fluidity of the game and you know i don't think that the producers don't look at what the fans are talking about because i know in seasons before us then, you know, they would focus on certain characters throughout the game and it would just be a predictable winner's edit. But I think that they were maybe trying to try something new. And it was a little frustrating with me, you know, watching that because you go out there and you play the game that you played and you just know you're going to be highlighted. But then you come back and you watch it on TV and you're like, wait, why aren't they showing me? But then I guess, you know, once you get to the merge and you get to see what type of story they're trying to build. Like, I was so frustrated they weren't showing uh, my interactions with Nick. They weren't showing my interactions with Christian uh, before the merge. Um, But then I realized they weren't showing these interactions because after the merge, Nick and Christian are breaking up in their alliance. And they wanted to give that big, you know, aha moment of they were friends here and then they weren't friends friends now so yeah I, i've got to give it to the editors they did a really good job uh with our season as opposed to uh uh seasons before us given the fact that you weren't able to just 100 know that nick was going to be the winner all right more with davy in just a minute but speaking of winners if you want to be the winner in your group of challenge maniacs you got to be the one with the limited edition challenge mania metal enamel pin that thing is dropping this wednesday february 20th exclusively at zombiesailor.com these things are limited to 100 each of them comes on a signed by me and d and numbered card back that's right these things are a collector's item there will only be a hundred made and a hundred sold and if you want one of them you want to be at your computer this wednesday february 20th at 12 p.m eastern sharp 
That's right. These things are going on sale then. Patrons get the crack at them the day before, so who knows how many will be left come Wednesday. If you want one, be at your computer. Go to zombiesailor.com. Bookmark it now if you want. That might be the only way to score one of these limited edition Challenge Mania pins. We're really stoked. They came out really awesome, and we can't wait to see you guys start to get them in the mail. All right, more with Survivor favorite Mr. Davey Rickenbacker. Uh, let's take some questions here. Alex Rogers wants to know who your top five favorite males and females from the challenge are of all time. <laughs> um, so the challenge is, is, is weird because I feel like each season, uh, a player who's my favorite season becomes my least favorite player. Um, but I, I'll try to speak on it. Um, I'm a real, of course, I'm a cliche fan of CT. He's like, you know, challenge beast, challenge God. Um, me and my brother's always rooted for him. Uh, Landon is someone who I would love to see come back to the challenge. Uh, he was a beast when he was out there. Uh, I really like watching Alton out there. So Alton and Landon, CT, Darrell's a great one. And I think I'm going to go with Wes because Wes is Wes, 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 he's the one that I'm talking about. He's your favorite one season and he's not your favorite one season, but he's always in the storyline. So, yeah, I think I'll go with Wes. So that's the five guys. As far as females are concerned, um, I'm going to have to say uh, Coral um, just because she, you know, she's the OG and she's actually a member of one of the fraternities uh, that I'm a part of. Blah, 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 blah. And um, Coral, let's see. <laughs> um, I think Coral's the only girl I can think of right now that I would say is a favorite of mine. Um, as far as lookers now I can name everyone, uh, Karen Maria, Laurel, um, uh, Nani, and, and that's one element of the challenge that we don't really have on Survivor. Don't get me wrong, there's good-looking girls out there, but <laughs> we're in, in the midst of dirt and, and worms and rain and the, the island. You have no sex drive out there. You got no alcohol. So, yeah, I, if I was on the challenge, that's another thing that would really hurt me, the women. <laughs> Derek, you don't know this, but uh, something they do on Survivor, they want it to feel like you actually got shipwrecked or plane crash or whatever. So everyone really only gets like one outfit that they have to rock more or less the entire season. And they can kind of pick up other people's clothes along the way when they get eliminated. But for the most part, they pick an outfit for you that you kind of go back and forth with casting, like that kind of summarizes you visually and the character you're supposed to play. And then that's your outfit for the whole thing. So if you're like a businessman, you might luck out and get to rock a suit because then on cold nights you get a blazer. What yep. was your outfit, Davey? And if you can, I don't know how much you can say, but walk us through that process of deciding what you have to wear and whatnot. Cause for you, it had to be something they threw together quite quickly because yeah. it was a last minute thing. Yeah, so my process was a lot different than my castmates. My castmates actually got to shop for their own clothes. Uh, they were given a list of, you know, what they could and could not wear. But me, however, because I had to drive everything, you know, two days before, um, I had to go in my closet, see if I had some colors that uh, worked for them. Uh, they told me to take pictures of the options that I wanted to use. And I didn't really have, you know, too much of my own clothes here in Atlanta because a lot of my clothes were in South Carolina. So I was very limited. <laughs> so I got some cargo pants. Um, and then when I got out to Fiji, they had 
already picked up some things for me that they thought was my look, <laughs> which I didn't think was my look. They got me a cardigan. They gave me a polo, which I'm <laughs> I'm like, okay, I, I guess I'll play this role. And that freaking cardigan did nothing for me at night. And I'm looking around at my castmates with these freaking blazers and these jackets. And I'm like, oh, wow. I'm really out here pledging and being a survivor because I did not get that luxury. <laughs> yeah, do well, you guys get a little different, right? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Under Armour, what up? Shout out Under Armour all day. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but everyone gets that cool, like, that cool bandana. That buff. cool, like, it's headband. Buff. Yep. Yeah, man, we got our buff right uh, here. This is my actual buff from the island. Never been washed before. And you wore that to Atlanta. Wow. You you wore that to Challenge <laughs> yeah. Mania Live. I and it. I looked at it, and I was like, I think that's the actual, because that shit is dirty as hell. I was like, <laughs> I think that's the one. Yeah, man. That's awesome. I was like, that thing is awesome. I'm going to put my belt around my Deadpool <laughs> mask just so I can match him, because he looks cooler <laughs> than I do right now. <laughs> how uh, much uh this is another question for my wife Lindsay. so we, we know on the challenge obviously wh- whether they're doing it very directly or maybe by you know fueling parties and whatnot with a little bit of alcohol they obviously like to see romances start up they like to see the hookups and whatnot you mentioned the island is kind of a different zone it's a little dirtier you're out there in the sand <laughs> but you know and they cast a different way but you know as far as tv goes they probably want a little bit of that do you feel like they're ever kind of you know subconsciously at all rooting for relationships to strike up we had a few of those like with Cara and Dan for a little bit and then I believe you had Alec and and Cara later on I I forget if that happened on the show or after but talk about that did you feel like there was any sort of coaching you guys on a uh, you know social level relationship level uh, from the David side, no, not at all. <laughs> um, from the Goliath side, yeah, I think, you know, they like to cast attractive people who, not saying that none of the Davids are attractive, but that we just, we're not compatible in that light. But, you know, I think they like to cast, you know, attractive guys, attractive girls who may hit it off. Um, I, you, you see a lot of times after the seasons that the players hit it off on Survivor. Yeah, they like, pair L- up, even if they aren't even on the same season sometimes. You yeah. see, I just saw it was, you know, another one. I think it was like Tyler and uh, what was the other girl's name? Kendall uh, or Kellen, something? Kellen, yeah, Kellen. Kellen, Kellen. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, I don't know where yeah. you guys just go to SurvivorDating.org or something, but... <laughs> Me and Gabby have this joke. If I don't find my wife and she doesn't find her husband after playing Survivor, we did something wrong <laughs> because it's like a dating show after because you have no sex drive out there on the island. I, I don't know what it does. I mean, if if you do so happen to get in a relationship out, the, out on the island, then that's some real love because that's nothing that you're thinking about out there. You're thinking about eat the food factor you're thinking about you know what your family's doing at home i mean i'm pretty sure you guys think about that too on the challenge but it's like 10 times worse out there on survivor (laughs) um i'm gonna ask both you guys this question first to davy and then you can answer the the uh the challenge part of it d uh derek paul wants to know uh davy who from survivor would you like to see on the challenge or who do you think would make that transition well and who also do you think from the challenge would be good for survivor if they obviously if one day they removed the stigma from it and said okay we're, we're willing to take some of you guys onto the uh, to survivor yeah 
Uh, <laughs> I can tell you who would not be good on Survivor based off of going to you guys' live showing. Jimmy would not be good on Survivor. <laughs> because uh, I think she had some moment up there talking about what you get, what they were feeding her in the challenge house. I'm like, uh, we don't get to eat anything out there. You would definitely not do good. Um, <laughs> as far as people who... Um, I think, you know, me and Nick tell Alec all the time, wow, you would be great on MTV. Like, you, you've got the whole MTV face. Well, that got works out because I don't think he's getting the survivor call anytime soon either. So he might want to make that uh, chase-like transition on the cable. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I think Alec would be perfect. As far as people from the challenge, who I think I think Wes might do good on the challenge because, you know, he's pretty manipulative. On survivor, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he knows how to, you know, wiggle through and uh, skate by. I think a lot of the women who don't don't do well on the challenge would do well on Survivor because, you know, it's a social game and they know how to work that their attractiveness. And that's an element that Survivor doesn't really play off of much. Um, uh, But, yeah. And then as far as the females are concerned, I think Kara for my season would be really good on the challenge. I think B for my season would be really good on the challenge. Basically, anyone who's pretty athletic from Survivor, I think, would do great on the challenge because it seems like it's more of, you know, uh, physical physical strengths on there than it is all of the mind games. But I could be wrong. (laughs) D, what do you think? Anybody? I mean, I know you don't know Survivor too well. You guys played on a season that was not too much like Survivor, but the The island island. had. Were you on the island? Yeah, the island had components that was like Survivor. So I don't know if you want to pick someone. I wish I could say I got my uh, championship belt back here like you got your room, but I don't. Uh, Yeah, I got I got a win on the island. Oh, Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I I think the the two names that that off the top of my head are uh, Kahuta and Abe. Um, the, this, uh, uh, Abe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean Kahuta Kahuta's like seems like straight up like survivor esque type of guy. Like you know he builds houses. He like you know he lives in the wilderness every now and then. It feels like he goes on adventures. Um, <laughs> you know he's from you know he, he's from I don't want to say he's from like the mountains. You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so in Atlanta, near Atlanta, actually, um, okay. yeah, yeah, he's not he, he, Blue Ridge Mountains. Yeah, every time he, what? every time he oh calls, it's Blue Ridge Mountains. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's where I don't we even vacation. They've got some great cabins out there. Awesome, I have to hit him up. Nice. Oh yeah, for sure. We could definitely try to make that connection. Um, he's a great guy, like one of the <laughs> coolest, nicest people I've ever met. Uh, that to come from the shows. Um, and then him and Abe, like, actually, you know, like put together like movies and movie sets. They like do a lot of this, like it, you know, like in the freezing cold, you know, uh-huh. they do, they do like, w- like wilderness <laughs> stuff for fun. You know wow. what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, they, they take pride in like work like that, you know, like mm-hmm. go out there, grind it out in the freezing cold, like do a project in like the, the most difficult, you know, situation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then show people it, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like, I think that they're like tailor made, you know, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the demographic is for Abe anymore, but, uh, (laughs) could work. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that Abe's passing the psych exam for, (laughs) for the survivor, but I, I get what you're saying with the, with the experience and the skill set and the outdoorsman uh, ship that he has, but yeah, I don't think he's getting past that, uh, that psyche valve. Um, a couple more questions here, David, then we'll let you go. So, so that, so that, wait, so let me, so that just made me think about, you know, guys coming from the challenge to Survivor. Uh, John, from my season, 
he was so ripped that he did not do good with the hunger stuff. So you guys over at the challenge, I don't think you do great out there because, you know, you don't get to eat. And John was stealing our food at nighttime. So, yeah, I just don't think it would be an ideal setting for you guys from the challenge. Well, I you well I, you know, it's interesting because if you go and ask like Johnny – uh, like some of the guys like like Johnny, Kenny, like how much weight they lost uh, during the island. I, I don't know how much I fluctuated really. Yeah. I, maybe I lost 10 pounds, but we had rice to live off of. Yeah. So if we wanted to eat rice, we could eat rice. You're preaching you know? to the choir here. That's all they get <laughs> on, yeah. on, uh, on oh, Survivor is rice. Oh, you guys get rice too? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Oh, see, you know, it doesn't make me feel that bad for you guys. So I have uh, some questions about, about you know, the, you know, the survivor life too. It's like, do so do you guys get to wash clothes? Like, do you guys have change of outfits? Like, are you guys always in dirt? You talk about like the sexual, you know, the, the uh, sexual prowess, you know, uh, between people. Like, you know, is it because like people are just like fucking dirty? You know what I mean? Like part yeah, of it. it. That's you it. Know? I mean, the only like, way that we can their nose wash, stuff. Right. Yeah. All of that. The only way that we can wash our clothes is if we boil water and throw it in the pot, which is kind of a waste of time because you got to use the water from your canteen, which is the water that we drink from. It's just a it's not an ideal situation. So are you guys like smell like like pretty soon? Like do you have deodorant? So the thing is, I don't know. Someone will have to fact check me. But I think because we only eat a certain thing that we don't give off a big old odor. You know, how if you're in the States and you're eating a whole bunch of junk food, then everything stinks. But I think because we were only eating rice and pineapple, it's not as bad. Coconut. Huh. <laughs> yeah. OK. Yeah. So we had coconut also. Uh, no, we well, we got the coconuts. We opened the coconuts. Yeah. So we had like coconuts like growing Did on trees. Did you guys have alcohol like on the island, D? Uh, yeah, yeah, we did. See, that's oh, that's wow. the see that's where I'm <laughs> but, calling BS but, here. It's not the also, same. But that's all. That but that's also when the dark al- the dark liquor ended, and uh, oh, wow. we actually we only had beer and wine for the rest. Oh of that no, season. only that beer and first. wine. You're literally only eating rice. Holy. It's not safe to be giving you guys any alcohol. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that they'd be oh, like, guys, God. you're limited to the following things: rice, yeah. coconut. And whatever alcohol you would like, beer and wine are available. <laughs> IPAs with a nine percent. Yeah, but I mean, look, when when, when you're yeah. putting together a you know a TV show, you're not you're probably not. It's all trial and error, you know. And the islands have never been done again, you know. know. <laughs> you know, pro, you know, maybe because of you know of weird that. situations like that. Like, yeah. listen, like, dude, people were like, 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 like sneaking under like ditches in the middle of the night, dressed in black, and like stealing from like. You know, the challenge gods, you know, crafty. Yeah. All of it. All of it. Because you could like, you can see oh, the, so, you, you so can fun. see the food. We're like starving, right? We're not starving, but like, you know, like we didn't have much taste, you know, <laughs> like they would drop like a, something out of like a helicopter or a plane, a box into the water. And we'd go out there, swim, get it, bring it out, bring it back on the, on the beach, open it up, you know, and you'd have some, some things other than just rice to work with, but it wasn't much. It was like fish that you had to skin, you know? Um, it's, it's not like something I've ever done, you know? So thank God we had like a Kahuta on there. And, um, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it was very much a political game too, though. And, um, I don't know. So you guys don't wash your clothes. Okay. So do you guys bathe, you guys bathe like in the, they do like, like these the sand water? baths. Tell me about yeah, the sand like- bath. 
<laughs> so we kind of just scrub sand on ourselves to try to get whatever germs we can get off of us. And then we just go in the ocean and <laughs> let it take take its path. I mean, but using the bathroom in the woods is really what you think it is. It's okay, here's taking... what I have to know. <laughs> okay. Has anyone ever gone digging for an Good idol thought. and found the opposite of an <laughs> idol? <laughs> so we, you know, they that is one of the things that the Jeffs try to get us to do. They try to get us to only use the restroom in the ocean. But there has been times where, you know, they would pull us aside and be like, hey, man, cameramen are stepping over your dung. You can't go here anymore. So, yeah, it happens. <laughs> wow. Um, OK, yeah. I want to this is actually from Tyrone, who you met in uh, Atlanta. I think he was yeah. I think you were playing on his behalf in our little survivor contest. Um, okay. He wants to know what would you do differently if you returned to the game. You've already put it out there that you'd like to play again. I think you're definitely on the short list of people from this season who would be a nice fit to come back. What would you do differently if you were to return? Uh, I think if I was to return, and first, what I tell people is, I don't think I would return right away. I think I need something that's going to give me my second burst of win out there. Like, I saw my friends out there who had families. They were fighting for something more, and I think that gave them their second win. I think I need to find, like, you know, I need to have some kids, find a family or something before I can go back out there. But I think that if I did play again, I would, you know, try to work with my opponents a little more. I think the one of my biggest downfalls was that I only worked with my team. Had I, um, I mean, I had relationships with some of the Goliaths, but had I, you know, really sat with them and bonded with them this way that I did with the Davis, I think I could have went a little further. The Challenge Mania shop is open. Head over to challengemania.shop today for the best way to support the podcast while looking good doing it. New designs and items added every few weeks. Maniacs, time to mobilize. Check out challengemania.shop today. Um, now, Survivor's interesting in that, you know, we mentioned that, you know, most of the time you get like a fresh new crop of cast or there'll be a tie-in. Sometimes you'll have a celebrity or two in there. This season we had, say, John Hennigan, who I don't know what percentage of you guys recognized him from wrestling, but, you know, and Mike White there as well. But this coming season, the one that premieres this Wednesday, is kind of a hybrid where, you know, instead of being all returning players or all newbies, they decide to bring four returning players back and they will, I think, be divided amongst, I don't know if they'll do four tribes or two to a tribe. I forget what they're doing. But Joe and Aubrey and uh, is it Kelly and also I forget who the uh, and, D- and David Wright are coming back, um, all of which have played fairly recently, actually, um, I would say. Would you want to do something like that where you were kind of looked at the same way? I mean, they've done it before where they had one season where it was Rob and uh, Russell came back and they were kind of looked at as like celebrities amongst the, and that worked very well for Rob, very terribly for Russell. Would you want something like that or would you want like an all-star season that they did recently with like a second chances or a heroes versus villains or something like that? Um, I wouldn't mind either um, if it's a selection of which are which. I think I would prefer the uh, season when you come with the fans because they kind of look up to you. And they're not I mean, it didn't really work in Russell's favor, but it worked out for Boston Rob quite a bit. Um, so, yeah, I definitely would prefer a fans versus favorites than just, you know, the all star all around. But I'm not opposed to either. So, yeah. 
So, so uh, you like you think you can manipulate that to your advantage? The idea of people having seen you out there, grown to like you, and maybe want to have you yeah, take them e- under their wing or your wing. Right, right, right. And not even just manipulate it. It's just you know those are new people. You're actually learning these people. If you go back out on there with the all stars, you know there's already alliances because people know you know each other from back in the day. There's people who live in the same cities now that hang out. But you know going into the thick of it with people who, who don't know anyone, they're going to look for new people to align with. They're going to give you a shot, a shot that you might not get in an all-star season. So what, what happened to Robin and Russell? You said something happened so terribly. So Rob, Rob was this guy, Boston Rob. You might have heard him referred to like that. He had played a bunch of times. It all finally clicked for him when they did a season when him and Russell came down and, and uh, played with a bunch of first-time players, and each tribe got one of them. Russell completely rubbed everyone the wrong way, and everybody knew to watch out for him. He was a dirty player. They sent him home almost instantly. Rob literally was like a god to his tribe and just had people pawn working on his behalf he literally cherry-picked two people and brought them all the way to the end one guy was literally like his lieutenant it, it was like <laughs> this guy philip was like honestly sir it, he was man. like rob i will serve you all the way to the end sir reporting for duty and then the girl i forget her name she was very sweet but like completely Natalie, was just, think, yeah, yeah was was completely brought there as a uh, I forget the term you guys use, goat, but uh, goat. a goat, and he just you know ran away with it. So the people are able to use their history on the show sometimes for for the better and sometimes for the worse. And you know when you do seasons with returning players, sometimes when you know how good somebody is. I mean, I talked about how on David versus Goliath for a while there you flew under the radar from a viewer's standpoint. I'd imagine you probably did out there on the island as well. Now you come out there, Davy Rickenbacker, Davy Crockett, find an idols left and right. Don't let that guy go to sleep after you. He's gonna find an idol. Follow that man around. Like you know, it's gonna be a different game for you. So you know, I wonder if if you're out there with some other people, at least a few other returning players that you can kind of defer well you know i'm good but you know who's really good is joe or you know something like that it's a (laughs) little different what do you think going into this season um i don't know how much when you're you know part of the community i mean look i mentioned those ndas are airtight but look i'm around the challenge community i know that when you go out to dinner with a few challenge folks people like to talk about the show sometimes even if you don't want spoilers you get them by accident but i don't know i don't know how much you know about this i don't know how much you know about this you know i'm saying to close friends and family i don't know how much you know about this season but from what you know from a viewer standpoint about Aubrey and Joe and Kelly and David, who were you personally the most excited to see them bring back? Um, some of these folks have already played again, I believe, like yeah. uh, David and, and Aubrey. Right, right, right. See, that's the thing. They All of them have played uh, uh, three times except for David. And, right. Um, so I'm not really excited to see Kelly and Aubrey and Joe play again. And because I feel like I've seen them play again and again and, and recently. again. So I'm most yeah, yeah, right. So I'm most excited to see David play because this will be his first time, well, his second time being out there. Um, and I, the thing about returning seasons when they're with those fans is I think they're brought back for a specific reason, you know, just so I, I think I don't want to say that the story may be catered to them, but it's going to be hard for it not to be because they're returnees, you know? So, yeah. 
Yeah, it's funny. I think Joe and Aubrey both were in situations. I forget if it was the same season, but they literally went right back and played again. I think like right after. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I forget what Kelly's scenario was, but you know, it's one of those things where that is is really interesting because sometimes you get to play again without people having seen your season, uh, which is interesting. I know some. I think that happened with Zeke recently and Michaela, where they just like put him right back out there, which is kind mm-hmm. of the best of both worlds. I think Zeke played so recently. I I mean, so quickly after his first season that he had hidden a fake idol that he went back and found again. Like that's how quickly <laughs> after his first time playing. So, um, you know, it's interesting. So you're saying that you'd rather a little bit of separation so you can have some more real life stakes come into play, whether it's, you know, a wife or kids or, uh, yeah. or whatever you think that you need that just the love of the game. Isn't enough motivation for you. Yeah, I think, you know, towards the I don't want to say that I got lazy out there, but towards the end of Survivor, I kind of got a little complacent to where, you know, I was I was trying, but I kind of felt like, uh, you know, I was kind of going through the motions at that point. I needed something to give me the second win, something to shoot me in the ass and say, come on, man, you play for someone, you know, other than just me and my dog Rufio back at home. And we need this money to survive. So, yeah, 100%. I think that's the route that I take. Derek, did it affect you? Play? I mean, you've played so far one full season since having your son, Little D. I mean, did that give you added stakes? Did you feel like you had more skin in the game on Dirty 30 than you did when you were playing for bragging rights back in the day? Or is it just that competitive nature in you is already at an apex level? Ironically, my son uh, was in the womb. Uh, I, think she, I think my ex-wife was maybe four months pregnant when I went on the island. Uh, and won that money. And that's, that's probably the, the one of the sweetest wins I, I had. Cause I like, I needed it, you know yeah. what I mean? And, uh, I, you know, what, well, you know, I was probably playing for, you know, to have a better life at home, yeah. uh, than any, like I needed it. There was like a sense of like, I have to make this happen one yeah. way or another. Uh, the stars have to align, you know? Mm. Um, so I, I think that there is a difference. And then, uh, after the island, I won one more uh, island, the ruins. I won the ruins. So for me, it was back to back for my life at home to be better yeah. for me and my my family. And um, and then, you know, this time around, too, it was kind of like, you know, my kid's nine now. Like you know, he was nine. I'm just 10 now. But when I was on the on the dirty 30, it was it was still like. You know, how careful, you know, do I need to be, you know, especially with my son watching at home. But at the same time, you have like the TV aspect in the back of your mind, too. So you don't really, you know, you don't want to be like, you know, boring. But at the yeah. same time, the, the the realness in you or in me goes, just fucking do you, bro. Like, you yeah. don't have to worry about TV and all that shit. Like, you know, we had this podcast the other day, like, you know, even the big dogs, you know, your Wes's, your Johnny's are writing shit down. They're reciting stuff. I'm like, man, really? Is that what we're doing with all this now? It's like, it's like, you know, but you know, it's it, it, the, the sound bites are, you know, a a big thing. I narrate my story. You know what I mean? So, you know, maybe I haven't mastered that, but that's, again, I come back to the dirty 30. It's like, you're not thinking about anything, but like trying to figure out a way to win. So, um, but you know, just, you know, as far as playing for something like, yeah, like, you know, even the elimination, you know, you, you don't want to look like a chump in front of your 10 year old child. Who's got, you know, you know, k- kids at, at school, like 
possibly look watching this because their mom and dad used to watch me, uh, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, you know? So yeah. now, now their 10 year olds are watching. It's, it's like, I, I got a lot of people to impress now. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think it, I think it helps, but at the same time, like, you know, com- competitive nature kicks in and w- why can't you be the video game nerd playing Mario Kart that wins the whole season of survivor? Right, I think right. that's just as compelling. Yeah. I think that's just as compelling to win with your dog, Rufio. I'm like, I think that's so <laughs> weird and awesome at the same time. So, yeah. I mean, you know, to each their own. How bad, how hungry are you to, to you know, to go after it? Right, you know? right, right. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, I agree. Well said, Derek. If you think that this has all been well said, and if you like what you're hearing, I just want to remind you that over at patreon.com slash challenge mania, we not only cover the challenge every week with the war room where Derek and I break down each episode of war of the worlds in detail, but also my wife, Lindsay and I, my wife is a huge survivor fan. She's who got, who got me into it back in the day. Uh, we will break down a survivor episode from time to time, not every week, but probably more frequently this season than we did last season. We did a lot of traveling, uh, during David versus Goliath. So this season we'll be home quite a bit with a uh, little baby boo on the way. So we will try to to do some more episode recaps for this season edge of extinction over at patreon.com slash challenge mania so whether you're a challenge fan and you want to hear d and i breaking down war of the worlds or you're a survivor fan you want to hear Lindsay and i break down edge of extinction and i promise you Lindsay and i breaking down survivor is a little bit more of an elevated discussion than it would be if it was me and d who doesn't necessarily have a history with the show so we take questions exclusively from the patrons and it's a really good chance to get a detailed recap and uh, get our thoughts on these episodes so patreon.com slash challenge mania we have several tiers over there maniac level and above is what gets you the bonus content uh, but we run really fun contests that are available to all patrons almost weekly over there uh, where you can win stuff like swag packs and appearances on meet the patrons which is where we interview one patron every month all right let's get back and finish up this interview with davy rickenbacker let's get you out of here with a couple more elizabeth says if davy had made it to the finals who would you have won against and who would you have lost against? So let's kind of family, uh, family fantasy book this thing with the other five folks who you got down to the yeah. wire with. Um, who do you think, is there anyone other than Nick that you would have been legitimately scared could have out gotten more votes than you out of those five? Yeah, I think it was at the end of that game, whoever the David was at the end was definitely a shoe in. I think that if Nick and myself had both been at the end, I really think that Nick probably could have pulled out that win. I mean, I would have gave him a fighting chance, but I think that he would have had a better shot at it because of the relationships that he had made with uh, most of the Goliaths, as opposed to me just making relationships with some of the Davids. But yeah, 100%, if I was out there with Kara or Allison or Mike or Angelina, I definitely would have taken home that win. And then Mike, I mean, look, Mike impressed me in the sense that he played one of those games that you guys played where he stayed under the radar until the end where he started to have have to play some, you know, some big moves socially. He was pretty much, you know, orchestrated getting you out of there. He won a big immunity down the stretch. And then to be honest with you, his speech, I mean, I was rooting for Nick, I got to say, and his speech scared me. Mike had a great speech. Um how much of that was TV and how much of that in the quote unquote room? I know it's not a room actually spoke to you guys and to the other jurors in the moment. Cause that was a damn good speech. I think Nick had had a slightly better one, but man, I thought Mike, mm-hmm. I mean, look, he's a writer and an actor and it all came out in that moment. Yeah. Well, see the thing about Mike and I can't remember if they aired it or not, but 
he didn't really seem like he wanted to win at Final Tribal Council. It kind of felt like he was playing off of, you know, if I was to win and beat Nick, a person who probably really does want to win this money, then I'll feel like a douche because I'm a Hollywood writer with millions of dollars. So I think that maybe if I was in Nick's position, Mike would have played the same exact way. So I think maybe they did try to draw in um, some of what they tried to take out some of that. So the viewers would see that Mike really had wanted a fighting chance, but it really just didn't seem to me like he wanted that win as much as Nick did. How much uh, when it comes to, cause I mean, look, survivor is for a million dollars and yeah. that plays from a viewer's standpoint. And I'd imagine on the Island itself plays such a big part in you know, when it comes to somebody's personal narrative, it can both be a gift and a curse to be someone who, quote unquote, deserves that money or doesn't. Because like a guy like Mike White, who you mentioned, like, did he really want to win? And as a viewer, you're like, do I really want this guy to win? Because he seems to already be financially set. And such a yeah. big part of Survivor is the million dollars that comes with the win. You know that so many of you guys play it for the love of the game, but a million dollars is also something the winner gets. So you see people who, when you think, do they do they need this money? You might be less likely to root for them or want them to win. But then if somebody really has a great story and deserves the money, you'd be less apt to bring them along to the end. Cause you think you'd yeah. lose to them. So my question is how encouraged or discouraged are you guys to be transparent about what you would do with the money? Would it be like a violation of the rules for a Mike white to have said, for instance, if I win this, I'm donating the whole million to charity. So you wipe that slate clean and you look at them just like an average player. Yeah, see, that's the thing. You got to figure out how you want to play it. Because I remember talking with Mike and he would always say, yeah, I'm going to use this money to uh, refurbish my backyard. <laughs> it was like things like that. And then, and that's why I say, you know, I don't really know how much he really wanted to win. But I'm pretty sure he would have used it, um, uh, you know, to, to better other people's lives as well. So it, it's all on how you decide to play it. It's all on whether you want to be transparent about it. And for me, I think I would have waited till my final tribal speech to uh, speak about how I would want to use those funds. And I can't even think about, you know, what I would have said in that moment, but it's kind of just all on how you want to play it from day one to day 39. Who did the most, who was the most transparent about their actual life that when you guys got out of there, it all checked out and who told the most kind of little lies where you were like, oh, wait, you're not a social worker. You're a lawyer or whatever. And this and that, when you got done, you were like, oh, you were really kind of gaming us the whole time. Um, I guess Nick didn't do a lot of it, but he had the one big one to where he didn't tell us that he was a lawyer. He told us he was a, a public, well, he, he I, I forget what he said he was, but. And also his was, family, the, the, the thing with, the, was it his mother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we knew, we, he was very transparent about that because the, I believe the first few days he didn't feel like he was connecting with us. So he, and you know, him being my best friend in the game, he was telling me all of this stuff at night anyway. But for the most part, that one big lie of his profession, I think I even said to him one, you know, just as a friend talking, I was like, dude, you should go back to law school, man. Become a lawyer. Did he say he was a public defender? 
Yeah. Is he is a public defender, but yeah. he didn't necessarily tell people he was a lawyer until the end. So you got Davey out there recommended that he becomes a lawyer when he knows, hey, man, I already am one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm obsessed with this because I'm a massive pro wrestling fan. So I know exactly where John Morrison slash John Hennigan slides into the wrestling lexicon. And I also have a pretty good idea of how much these guys make and whatnot. I am always fascinated by. I mean, he was very transparent off the bat that he was a pro wrestler and probably left it to you guys to kind of know how you know big of a pro wrestler he was. Did, did that have the same effect as, like, say, knowing that Mike White was a Hollywood writer, director, actor, as far as thinking he did or didn't deserve the money? Because I always thought, man, pro wrestlers kind of the perfect amount of famous to be because no one really knows how much those guys make. I don't know if all you guys recognize John Morrison or so. How correct was your guys' perception of the role he had in that world? Yeah, you know, I think our season was weird because we didn't really – think like that like you see uh, other seasons i can't think of any other seasons with celebrities right now specifically athlete scott pollard he played in the nba and everyone's like this guy's a millionaire but i mean he probably was by accident but i mean you know you know yeah that was like a driving force to get them out i don't know i i don't know why it wasn't really a driving force for us maybe it was just you know, John being so genuine and Mike being, you know, such a, a comedian all the time to where we kind of just overlooked those things. And maybe we shouldn't have, you know, could have got Mike out of there sooner and I could have been in that final three. But I don't really think that that played anything, you know, played into us wanting to keep them around or wanting to get rid of them. Shit, uh, I would have looked at I, 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 I didn't even know that guy was a wrestler. And I looked at him and I was like, that guy's something, you know, yeah. he might. He's if he's not famous yet, he's gonna be. Well, don't you remember you know, right. D? So D, we had the we, we had the Miz on Challenge Mania last June, and they had just uh, released the trailer and showed that John was going to be on it. And I said to Miz on the show, I said, you know, they just released that John was going to be on Survivor. Did you give him any tips or whatever? You don't remember that that I told you I D do. that his tag team partner was on. So he did really well. I thought. I mean, yeah, he did yeah. way he better than I thought out. he would. He got taken out by the man on the line right now. <laughs> but no, he did great. John With the secret great. sauce, he did great. He got he got beat. He got beat by one of the Davids. <laughs> he got great airtime though. <laughs> he got beat by Davy Crockett. <laughs> um, I want to get. I won't ask you for a Survivor prediction because we don't know too much. I think people who predict Survivor based on the like little online bios are crazy, to be honest with you. So yeah, I won't. Yeah. Uh, so I won't ask you a Survivor prediction, but maybe we'll check in with you. You know, third of the way, midway through the season, talk to you about that. I do want. I know we got only two episodes under our belt. Who would you predict wins this season of the Challenge War oh, of the Worlds? Oh, man, that's like, you know what. Who do I want to do well? I want Devon to do really well, man, because she won that first challenge, and I was like, "What? She came to play this season." Um, I, w- I would like. I-, I see Leroy is getting into some of the drama this season. I like to see Leroy finally pull out his challenge win. Um, of course, I want to see Wes do good because he's great TV. Uh, Nani, I'd like to see her do pretty good. Um, as far as a lot of the newbies, I can't really remember their names, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for Josh, of course, because Josh is, you know, celebrity big. Bro- I mean, Big Brother, and of course, those people who did play some. There was only one guy, Turbo, that played Survivor, correct? Yeah, and he won twice. Yeah, he won <laughs> twice. I remember hearing that, and and I was bummed, man, because I wanted that. Uh, 
I think Aaron was the guy who went home first from the uh, newbies. Alan uh, or Alan, Alan, yeah. Alan, Alan. You know, I watched the cast assessment before the episode, and I really wanted him to make it on the season because I wanted to root for that guy because, you know, he was about changing perspectives about Mexican-Americans, and that's kind of what, you know, I did out on Survivor, but he didn't make it, so maybe he'll be back. But, yeah, those are uh, pretty much the ones that I'm rooting for. Um, and, yeah, I, I would love to check back in with you guys whenever during the season or at a live showing just to talk about it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to uh, rebirth my love for the challenge and uh, Twitter is helping quite a bit. I will say that live tweeting during the show and interacting with the fans and the fact that they know that I'm a challenge fan and a survivor, it's really helping. So I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm back on the uh, challenge mania fandom list. <laughs> awesome, brother. Wednesday nights are going to be nuts. <laughs> crazy <laughs> yeah well Davey thank you so much for joining us um, you guys can find him on Twitter and on Instagram on uh, on Twitter you are hold on let me figure it out because uh, you got some interesting uh, handles you are yeah, yeah, yeah. is it well, I tweet the main, Davey the main, one, the main one is Instagram and uh, you know because you know y'all don't follow survivors so follow me on Instagram at I am Davey and on Twitter at I tweet Davey got it so on Twitter it's I tweet Davey on Instagram where he really wants you is I am Davey and uh, he appreciates you and he watches the challenge so even if you're listening to this podcast and I feel like we'll probably have a lot of people listening to this who watch Survivor a lot of people who watch the challenge a lot of people who watch both either way hit up Davey even if you don't watch Survivor you want to talk some challenge I know he's willing to do that with you too and uh, he's one of our favorites thank you so much for joining us man and maybe we'll catch up with you again later on in the Survivor slash uh, uh, War of the Worlds season and we'll see who's winning that weekly matchup between the two shows and who's doing well on each of them Thanks, guys. Thanks, hey, dude. Nice, nice to see you again, man. Same to you, Derek. All right, yep. man. Appreciate sure. you guys. Thanks. All right, guys. This ends your time here on Challenge Mania. Take care of yourselves, and hopefully we'll see you in the future. Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit and full plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com.